right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up Podcast. Solly here, Sunday night in the Kill House, uh, across the table, Mr. Icarito, Neil Schuster. Hello, Neil. Good evening, Solly. Happy to have you in the KH, baby. Excited to uh, put the PGA Tour regular season to a close, Corn Ferry regular season to a close. We got Women's Scottish Open. DJ Pie is here as well. Hello. Greetings. Uh, we are got a lot to chat about. Kind of a quiet, weirdly quiet week in golf, yet there's so much golf going so on. So much golf on Sunday. A ton of golf to watch today, but it was it was great. We had a, a lot of good stuff to watch. We got US Am. We of course got some Ryder Cup stuff to talk about. We got US Open venue announcements. New OWGR ranking system is going to be coming. JR Smith is, is renewing Pipe Dream. How about uh, that? <laughs> season That's two. That's a very deep cut. <laughs> it was, I can't believe no one beat me to that joke on Twitter this week. I was really excited about that. That was good that. stuff. It made me laugh. We got a, a, a chokehold story at the Jack's Beach Thursday game. We got to get to a lot, lot, lot to get into. Before we do that, of course, shout out to uh, Callaway staffer Kevin Kisner for his win at the Wyndham, the 10th staff win for Callaway this year. Uh, a nearly all Callaway six-way playoff, mm-hmm. which is quite, I don't know if, like, I don't know what the odds are on that, but I would have almost guessed that would have been impossible was to do. Was it five of six? Four of six. Four of six. That was, and I thought for a second they weren't going to get the win out of it, which would have been uh, tough odds as well. But also want to tell you about the new full toe wedge that Callaway is offering. It's the preference for, it's it's the in-between kind of the regular Jaws MD5 and the PM grind. If you know what the PM grind is, it's it just got a, a grooves all the way up, really high toe wedges, but the full toe wedge has a little higher toe and full body design than the MD5, but not as extreme of a footprint as and an offset as the PM grind. It's super versatile, amazing around the greens, but designed with full shots in mind as well. The grind and CG location help control turf interaction and trajectory. I don't know about you guys. I love how it kind of comes off a little lower, a little lower and hotter. Yeah, how I great, it. great weight to it. Yeah, it just feels it feels very, very comfy. Whatever that grind is yeah. that I have on mine just glided so well across all kinds of turf that I've used it on so far. Multiple groove technologies make this thing a spin machine. It is available in loss from 54 to 64. Raw face chrome and raw face black finishes left and right hand. CallawayGolf.com slash full toe. Check those out. I promise you that they're pretty appealing. Whoa, where do we start? Wyndham, I assume. Six-man playoff. Do we start with Russ Henley or do we just go straight to the playoff? Or do we start with the full-toe wedge and Neil? Okay, yeah, we got to tell that part. <laughs> what? I don't I don't know if we're going to circle back to the full-toe wedge and we've got Let's the green light. Let's save that for the very end. All right, all right. All right Maybe. All right. Okay. <laughs> it was a, it was almost a tough scene on tour sauce. That's that, that we'll we'll tease it with that. Hope we remember to tell that at the end. Six-man playoff without looking. Can you name all six players that were in, in the playoff today? Brendan Grace, Siwoo Kim, Kevin Na, Adam Scott, uh, Roger Sloan, and Kevin Kisner. Kevin Kisner. You got it. Yeah, okay. we licked it. Come on, baby. I watched I, golf today. I did too, but I, like, I, the second playoff hole, I was like, oh, that's right. Siwoo's in this. You, I, so I, I want to make a confession to you guys. I've uh, had an awesome weekend. Uh, my lovely fiance has been out of town. I think it's the first time I've just been on my own for. Should be very careful putting those two sentences in the same, <laughs> same for, paragraph. No, no, I've, I've alone all weekend, kind of on my own schedule. It was great. So this morning I'm doing some work. I called my mom. You know, took a bike ride. It was great. I was getting. I had my whole day set up to watch golf in the afternoon, <laughs> and uh, you know, for the for the pod. So I'm. I, I and I turned on Golf Channel at 1 p.m. and I'm. It's on in the background. 
I don't know if they mentioned you, it. You gotta check was, your Slack, dog. I was trying to. I know. Let you well, know I was about trying this. to get some deep work in, so I didn't want you distracting me with your baseball <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> so, God, what a tough loss for my socks. So anyway, I'm watching it. I don't know if they mentioned on the telecast, but I watched a solid four or five holes of Russ Henley teeing <laughs> off on one, and I'm like, "What are these guys talking I'm about like, on Slack?" Yeah, honestly. And so then I took a bike ride to go to Angie's to get a sub. And just like happened to like put it all together. I was like, holy shit, the playoff. There's a playoff going on right now. I'm sitting there eating my lunch. So I I, I was able to like, you know, basically like John Nash figure out the code to get into the PGA Tour app to get the stream going. And so I, I watched both playoff holes. But I mean, I don't know. I was trying to set up my whole day around that. And if I can't figure that out, that's got to be frustrating for like, it doesn't feel like the messaging is. Well, now it's kind of. Yeah, we don't have to jump right into TV stuff, but I mean, it, it also now feels like it's really stuck between release patterns where, like, the whole plan is to go tape delayed, so everything is online and streaming online live, and then it's all going to be tape delayed on TV, but then you hit the three o'clock window, and then CBS goes live, yeah. and so it's just, now it's like you're trying to please everybody, and you're pissing off everybody, and, and then it's on just, top it, of that, it's really tough. And on it's top, it's and also I, very- I didn't say that to, like, make a, I'm not trying to be no, super it, critical, it, I'm just like, man, I was just having a nice Sunday, and <laughs> I almost missed the golf completely. Houdini you know? pudge. Totally, and then and then it was great on NBC. They got me jumping from <laughs> Golf Channel. Then I'm NBC. on NBC. Then I'm on NBCSN. It was active watching today. It was, it was parti truly. participatory and every, watching. And every time I flip to the next channel, it's like you know NASCAR is on, and you're like, oh god, these people are gonna hate. Yeah, we're leaving this NASCAR. Look, crazy finish to NASCAR. Apparently, we're leaving for the. If you're not a golf fan, for the amateur golf. <laughs> <laughs> like imagine being a NASCAR fan. It was very monkey meme when I saw them flipping off the NASCAR. I'm like, oh, God, if that was us on this end, that'd be a freak out. The, uh, the replies to the tweet from NASCAR on NBC are just priceless. Like, just top one from Sunny and Rainy. For fuck's sake! <laughs> like, no, and one guy, one I, I was scrolling through those two. One guy was like, man... NBC really cares about amateur golf. Like, damn, that sucks, NASCAR. Like, and I was like, I wanted to be like, no, Trenton, I assure you. <laughs> to be I very assure clear. you they do not, okay? <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, to, to balance all this out and eventually get back to Wyndham, like, it's a very unenviable position. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what else you I'm do. I'm not trying to, I wasn't yeah. trying to be critical. I was just trying, it was just, to me, funny that. There's too much, too much golf on one family of networks. Yes, just, for it's, sure. It's crazy. It's an outdoor sport, and you have to move tee times around for weather. And if you're, it, it, it's just a, you're going to have this many players in the tournament. It's just a, a nature of the beast. What was a pleasant surprise to credit the tour CBS is that I could get the stream through the PGA tour app, which I don't, didn't really know that. I just started pressing buttons in the app and like, <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, yeah. Cast it. Sure. And then I'm like, oh, I'm sitting there eating lunch, watching on my phone. It was great. I will say the CBS sports website is always very good. The app is good I, too. I downloaded the app on the Apple TV, fired it on my, on my TV. It was, it was just but like watching cable. I guess great. the assumption for me, maybe because I'm a little jaded, is that I'm going to have to pay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And like, I or I'm going to have to log in and I'm not going to remember my freaking login. They could have forsaken and, you to the cock. I know. That's kind of what I, I'm, I'm like, already my guard is up. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> this might be a small thing for us, for streamers on your phone, the collapsible little window that allows you to be on Twitter, to be, allows you to check leaderboards and do all those kind of things while the uh, golf still plays is so valuable. Like no one wants to just sit and totally watch something. You want to be able to check Twitter. You want to be able to text people. You want to be able to do things from your device while you're streaming. And when you have to leave the stream and you come back in and it plays an ad, that sucks horribly. So shout out to the CBS sports app that lets you just collapse it. Golf Channel. I didn't know about that. Yes. I saw y'all's 
Slack messages rolling, and I couldn't re- I couldn't respond because yeah. I thought I was going to have to leave. Exactly. So that's Collapses. that's good intel. Kevin Kisner wins it <laughs> in the club. <laughs> Back to the call. Sorry about that. That's on me. It seems like the story starts kind of with Adam Scott, though, uh, in this when it comes to this playoff, or maybe with even the playoff. Rock. Yeah, I was, was going to say, say it starts with Russ. Yeah, in the in the in the macro sense of the day, it starts with Russell Henley. Unfortunately, for my DraftKings picks this week, but with the playoff, it definitely starts with Adam Scott, and I'm sure that's going to be a big bone of contention when this undoubtedly morphs into Ryder Cup talk that you know Kevin Kisner should be on the team because Adam Scott missed that short putt, but. Uh, I'm sure we'll get there in. in He's gritty, man. I'm sure we'll get there. I'm sure we'll get there. But I don't know how he missed that putt, man. I mean, I know a number of people said this kind of around and on Twitter, but like, yeah, as soon as he kind of pulls out the greens reading book from four feet on a putty twice, he just already saw, like, yeah, that's probably not great. And it was like a dead straight putt, too. Yeah. It was kind of like when you hit a great shot, you're playing in a foursome, you hit a great shot, and you're on a par three, and there's a twosome behind you. And you let him play through, and you have to sit there and wait. He waited 12 minutes uh, to hit that putt. Like you, you just sit there and wait. You're totally out of rhythm. Somebody else got to basically play through. You had to wait for five other people to finish. Well, before. yeah. And before we even get there, like let's just start with some of the outrageousness of the six-man playoff, yeah. right? I mean, what did you guys think watching that? I'm glad they let him play as a six. Them that was huge. That was big. It was good drama. I'm really struggling looking back at the O2 British Open, how they p- took those four people in the playoff and played them as two twos <laughs> after that's, watching. That's tough. I mean, it, it's kind of fun to watch, like, you know, a couple guys miss the green, and then it's just like we get slowly closer and closer that's to the That's what hole. I was going to say. It, it is. It was one of the true joys of my golf-watching season. I don't say that lightly. That, like, just seeing, like, the cause, of effect, cause and effect on six different guys' shots. Like, yo, you drove it here. Now this shot's going to be a lot tougher. You drove it here. It's going to be a lot easier. Oh, you're in the rough. You're not going to be able to spin it. Oh, you landed on the downslope. Like, boom, boom, boom. One after the other, after the other, after the other. I was like, this is awesome. And it was also awesome to see the top, the best players in the world just like go into show-off mode of like, yeah. oh, I need to hold this chip. But watch this. Yeah. And Kisner like almost holds it. Kevin Nock. All right, I got to make this putt. Boom. Two I'll make this putt. Two, two like 12, 15 footers. Had to have it. Siwoo, you need me to get this up? All right, if I don't get this up, I'm done. How gross was that? Yeah. That flop shot. Or, and I would say the hole. I think you said this on Twitter, Sally, but yeah. it was nice to watch these guys hit seven irons in, you know, like best, the best drive. I think Kisner's hitting seven. Well, and it made it, it's kind of what I was saying, but I mean, it, it made a difference whether you're in the fairway or you were in the rough. It yeah. made a difference what your, your ball flight was coming in and, and whether you could hold it on that green or if it was going to run through and you're going to be absolutely bone from the back. I mean, it, it was, it was a hard, it was hard to get the slope behind the green, the pin, but if you got it, you got heavily totally. rewarded, but yeah. if it stu- stood up on that, and fringe, if you hit a great tee shot, you had a wedge, in, right? Totally, and it, it yeah. was just not it, quite a wedge. But what did Adam Scott have? It he looked like he had like a sandwich. Yeah, I think he actually did hit pitching wedge the yeah. first time through. Yeah, and then uh, nine, but he got it all the way down to the bottom of that fairway. It's like, yeah, that's that's, that's, that's right. the point, right? Brandon Grace is back there banging off the trees. He's got two thirty into that same green. I mean, it was just it was a blast to watch, and I, I know it's. This is not me lobbying for like uh, every event should be six man playoff, but uh, there was a lot of cool stuff to take away. There is something to that. I, did you tweet something? Somebody tweet. You I, didn't. I I was just starting a dialogue. I said maybe they should just make the back nine of the tour championship a ten man shootout. Everybody thought I was talking about basketball. Like I said, knockout, like a horse race. You know, like yeah. you start with ten, you eliminate one person each hole. Big problem with that. I don't know how. There's probably going to be some ties. I don't know how you eliminate one person if you are literally putting putting them in a chip off for $15 million would watch, but yeah, we'd have to solve that. Maybe it's just an 18 hole one to give yourself some buffer. Sure. But then you'd have ties. You'd have more ties. I know, but you'd you'd have more if you had 10 guys over 18 holes. Closer to the hole. Oh, I see. Wins the tiebreaker. 
Yeah. It'd be interesting. I think it'd be kind of sick. I don't it, know. There's, yeah, there was something too, just watching a gaggle of guys. I think yeah. that qualifies as a gaggle, right? Sure. Of guys running. I would give a shout to Sedgefield. I think this was the best we've ever, it, it, a tournament in August in basically in the Southeast is an unenviable position to be in, in terms of rainstorms and like trying to get a course firmed out and, just golf courses aren't meant to be peaking in this time of year on Bermuda grass, from from my experience at least. And that's as good as I've seen it play in the earlier parts of the week. Like some of the pins they used, some greenside, like just watching top tour pros be like 12 yards away from pins and having no idea what shot to hit because they're in, you know, kind of in thick Bermuda stuff that's not as easy to play out of as thick rye right around the greens and their ball is stopping like above holes instead of like just, you know, same level as the pin that we see in a lot of like summer golf and, and on the PGA Tour. I thought the, the punishment and rewards for uh, close shots and like the short grass runoffs around, it was just, and I don't know if I just... It, the whole like going backwards from the green to the tee made some of the blind tee shots a lot more interesting. It it kind of brought Donald Ross to life. I never feel like I'm watching a Donald Ross course when I watch this tournament, and this time around just kind of like that's well said. Felt like it. That par three on the back nine. What hole is that? I forget. Twelve. They had the it's a uh, 220 yard par yeah. three with a two tier green. They had the the pin on the front tier twice. Tommy Fleetwood put it off the green from the top tier. <laughs> Uh, and earlier, like Colt Nose was freaking out about the pin on Fridays. Like, <laughs> this pin's on, I don't know, I just don't like this is fair. And the score average is like 3.2, first of all. But it's also just like, I would love to watch Tour Pros. Did everybody survive? Yeah, I think they did. <laughs> I would love to watch Tour Pros strategize around, like, hey, this, like, maybe on the green isn't the right play here. Like, yeah. If you can get on the green and be on the lower tier, that's great. But if you're on the top tier, like you might put it all the way down the fairway. That feels a lot more like golf that normal people play than yeah. it does PGA Tour golf, and I'm I'm in on that. So also love, you know, when the you can see the colors, the grain and the green. Yes, and that was a very prevalent today. Last time I can remember that prevalent was at concession. Mm. Yeah, right. Like where it's like, man, I can see, like those look lightning the way that the, the uh, grains, you know, laying down shiny. Yeah, yeah. which I, I that's just brings the course to life for me. I really, I, I will give, I don't know if it was, was Colt following the final final group or in the playoff when he, he was, was talking about football. Kisner. I think, and, and basically Kisner had that shot in 18, or maybe it was 17, sorry. And they were just setting the table like extremely well. I love when they do this on the broadcast. Like, this is going to fit his eye for this specific reason. There's no fucking way he's going to hit this outside 10 feet. And then he just stuffs it to three feet or whatever and has that kick and birdie on 17. It that was kind of said that on the play, second great. playoff when yeah. he hit. And I think it was, I said it seven earlier. I think he hit nine iron in. But they're like, this fits his draw, yeah. little five yard draw. This is perfect. Then he, you know, pimp steps it after he knocks it to four feet. It looked like he was going to fall over, but it was a. I think he I think was trying was, to be swaggy. I think he was walking after it. I think it was momentum going down yeah. the hill a little bit, but kind of, it kind of like the guy that this guy that slid into home plate, kind of swaggy. That's what it kind of looked like. <laughs> Which I've watched that God, video about good stuff. fifty-five times. How about they mentioned it on the broadcast a bunch? But Kisner being zero and five in playoffs is is a jarring stat. Well, let's go. So going back, that's a good segue back to Adam Scott. What do you, what was Adam Scott's playoff record before this? I think uh, it was pretty good. He was undefeated. I saw three and zero. Oh. Yeah. Did you, any? Did either of you think that putt was going in? I did. It was very I easy. Did you? Well, I did, especially yeah. after I, I, I'm with you. I know he can be very shaky on those, but yeah. like he already saw the line. It looked like it was dead straight. It looked like it was directly up the hill. I can't. I just had a feeling <laughs> sitting at the sub shop. I was like, dude, with that long ass putter, there's not going like. So Adam Scott has. Were you won. telling all the boys at Angie's? No, like, yo, no. I was no just. Kinda, I just had this feeling. I was like, I don't think it's. I just he. I guess I looked up his record. You know, 14 wins, 3-0 in playoffs. Everything on paper says that he's clutch. 
but maybe it's just the scar tissue from that British Open. I'm just like, when Adam Scott's standing over those short ones with that long putter, I'm like, man, that's mm. very uncomfortable. And then, you know, it just looked like a, a – do you think it was a bad read or a yank? I just don't think he ever got comfortable yeah, over I it. Yeah, like, it looked like he was kind of trying to – Find find some break in there, where which there really I, can, I can very much relate yeah. to that. You know, like you can do help, that on Bermuda. Yeah. On Bermuda, like you kind of look for all right, the grain is going to move this at least a little bit. So I got to play. I, I I see kind of what he was going for there, and yeah, I, I don't know. I, it was not a difficult putt, but we watched Russell Henley miss an even shorter yeah. one from that angle. I don't know if they were listening to Faldo's read, which Faldo was saying it was outside the hole. Uh, a couple a the couple, wrong direction. Couple, uh, you know, we should have seen this coming. Stats. Kisner, top 10 in four of his last five starts at this golf course, which is pretty solid, has never missed the cut in seven starts. He's gone T8, T10, T42, T3 win at Sedgefield. Feels like a pretty perfect golf course for him. I was saying, and everyone locked this away for our next conversation yes, it, at this golf yes, course. Well, that's true, too. Uh, and also another one, you know, we like to make fun of the FedEx Cup playoffs a lot. I'm sure we will make fun of them a lot over the, the ensuing weeks. Uh, but by any measure, I think... Most people would agree that making the tour championship is about the best measure of whether you've had a good season or not. And like Kisner's made the tour championship, I think, in five of the last six seasons. Like that, that's that's a very good player. <laughs> Kevin Kisner is my go-to guy for like when I watch Corn Ferry, when I play with Corn Ferry players, when I watch Corn Ferry golf, when I watch guys battling for PGA Tour cards. That I I just wish I understood better what makes Kisner separated like very clearly from all those guys yeah because it's not raw physical ability it's not you know dominant ball striking shot shaping uh not crazy he's a good putter he's not crazy but like he's just so freaking solid how if you watch golf up close in person i really struggle to like explain why he's that much better than so many other very talented guys he's the guy that makes you sound like the you know the sports talk radio guy. Like I don't know, man. He just fucking gets it done. Yeah, like, I was just, gonna say the, the he word just gets is it in the hole. The word is grit. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I it, I kind of him half serious saying that, but no, it's almost I, like attitude too. of he's willing. I feel like he's willing to outlast. Like he he's which is also he why it seems so, like he's just got longevity. Which is also why the zero and five in the playoffs is so weird. But well, yeah. so I just looked either, this up. Uh, yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's a good point too. On the play, his playoff record: fifteen RBC Heritage lost to birdie to Jim Furyk. 2015 players, Fowler won with birdie on the first right. hole after a three-hole aggregate, which Kisner shot three uh, one right. under on the three-hole aggregate and then lost to a birdie. To, he, to, like, the greatest finish of the last 10 years. Kisner and Streb were eliminated together by birdie on the first playoff hole at the Greenbrier when he lost three playoffs in one year, Kisner did, right. in 2015. 2017, in a team one, he lost to birdie on the fourth extra hole. I don't know what happened on the first three holes there, but... Uh, 2020 RSM lost to birdie on the second extra hole. So it's not like he's like gagged in playoffs. He just like hasn't gone out and made the birdies. Right. I just think that's that's worth it. Yeah, so our point still stands. Yeah. He's very gritty. He, won't listen, he wants it <laughs> He more. wants it, you yeah. know. He gets it done. It's interesting that Kisner is currently having his worst year since 2015 leading into this, if we're talking at just his overall ability to get the ball in the hole this season. Kyle Porter pointed out on, t on Twitter three top 20s so far this year. Is it time to transition to the Ryder Cup talk, or do we want to cover more Wyndham here? I feel like we should mention okay. Russell Henley a little bit. Yeah, uh, would have been a, a it, it had all the makings of a pretty dominant wire to wire uh, W, and it just it wasn't good on the which back would have nine. been huge. Which no no wire to wire winners. Yeah, this, we don't need to talk year. about the fantasy teams, but <laughs> take it from I me picked, and Neil, it would have been very nice. Pick the wire to wire, yeah. and and it would have been a statement because Russ has struggled to close this year. 
and, and he, he kind of showed yeah. up and did the same thing. And it was kind of what we had said going into the week was like, man, there's a couple of those guys like stream, like and you, I guess not necessarily Kisner, but a couple of those guys that are just like, man, those have been such solid seasons and you're just missing a win. It's going to come. And it was like, uh, Henley's in that category. Streelman's in that category. Harmon. Harmon's in that category. And it just, uh, yeah, it seemed like, it, I don't know. I, I got a little snake bitten again from the U S open and going so bullish on Henley being a guy that closes the door. Cause he looked a little <laughs> nervy, uh, especially kind of making the turn and missing that like two footer was, you know, would like to have that one back. I think the the one on 18 was, I think it was actually a pretty good shot that he hit coming into uh, that hole with like a six iron, seven iron and just ran all the way back and hung up on that stuff. That's a pretty tough place to get down into from, but I don't know. Any other takeaways from Henley? No, it cost me some, some actual real DraftKings <laughs> money in fantasy that week, this week that hurt a little bit. No, it just, yeah, it did, something's just not really adding up there. It just seems like he w- should have more to show for for this season and, and just doesn't. In, in watching the uh, first five holes uh, today on Golf Channel, he got off to a, on tape delay, he got off to a very slow start. Yeah. Uh, he just didn't look comfortable. It's like, wow, Neil's watching early round. Oh, that's right. No, no, no. I watched it at about 1 p.m. Well, just to, to em- empty the chamber on the Wyndham before we transition away, uh, always, of course, the you know everybody's favorite stat, your, your three guys who moved in to the top 125 made the playoffs, Roger Sloan, Scott Piercy, and Chesson Hadley, your guys who moved out, Ryan Armour, Patrick Rogers, Bo Hogue. And, of course, we need to give a shout-out to Team Rose, three-putt in the 18th to miss the playoffs mm. and probably – Many many thousands of dollars, but here comes the drizzle. Yeah, that was that was tough. That, I I mean, and Chesson made a hole in one today and shot uh, yeah. sixty two to get in the playoffs. Got uh, a million Wyndham reward points for that hole in one. Really? Wow. Yeah. That How was, about that? That's pretty cool, right? Good first first one in competition. I loved. He got jacked up. What does up. a room cost? I have no idea. Fifteen thousand. That's just like that? kind of heard that in passing on the telecast when I was watching again when I was watching. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look <laughs> that tape up. Delay. That's you. But I mean, for some of the last time we saw Chesson, it was like the most painful possible collapse at Palmetto. Yeah. And to have him, you know, which would have given a two year exemption for that win and to have his status hanging in the balance to shoot that round, the final round, shot to Chesson and shot the team Rose for three putting the 18th and letting him in. Rose has all the riches we could possibly imagine. And so I don't feel bad giving him a shout out for that. And a great team, which DJ is part of. For sure. And I want to give a huge shout-out to David Lingmurth, who, with his career basically in the balance, he's been battling injuries, batting elbow injuries, has you know has just been trying to find it here for a couple years. Monday qualifies for the Wyndham, needs a top 40 to get inside the top 200 to retain Corn Ferry status for next year and get into the Corn Ferry Finals, which could get him a PGA Tour card here in the next three weeks, and he did it. He made an eagle and a birdie in his final five holes to get inside the top 40 and that just takes some serious, serious stones. Like I'm very used to rooting for like some of our friends here in Jacksonville and just getting our hearts ripped out. And it felt like that was going to happen a little bit today yeah. and it did not. So very, very happy for him and his family. So, uh, And I'd, I'd also like to, we didn't talk about uh, Brendan Grace. I, I feel like what a resurgence he's had. What, yeah. One in Puerto Rico was kind of just on the fringes and he's a bona fide dog and just How about the birdie on 18? Yeah, I was got, only got a birdie 18 like, to just, get the playoff. Like, what, 28-foot putt? Like, yeah. he's so solid. and Tough tee shot in the playoff. Like, I, I like watching him play golf. I feel like he's uh, he's also gritty. He is. And what was the stat uh, Ian Baker Finch had on the telecast this week? They said nobody has closed out a – nobody's converted a 54-hole lead since Phil Mickelson at the PGA, which I don't know if that's true or not. But I that's think it is. Outrageous. Like, I, I almost, like – 
no offense to Ian Baker Finch, but I was almost like so preconditioned <laughs> to be like, oh, that's not right. That I actually started thinking about it. I was like, no shit, I think that is right. Yeah. Like, that's wild. Hard to win, man. Very hard to win. Very hard to win. Just to follow up, it looks like I, I'm searching Greensboro uh, hotels tonight <laughs> on Wyndham. It looks like you can book a eh, kind of a sketchy room for about 15,000 points. So a yeah. million points, that's, that's a, a lot. That's a lot of hotel that's a, rooms. I mean, think about, you know, chess on the road. That's going to help with expenses. No doubt. It could help way. a room for his family if he's traveling with exactly. kids oh, and yeah, a room for man. him. I thought that was, I, I mean, first hole-in-one ever. And I thought that was, his reaction was awesome. So that's why I, I shouted it out. I also don't get, I don't feel bad giving Wyndham a little bit of free run uh, on the pod either because they, I feel like they just got absolutely bodied with the, oh. the Wyndham Rewards top 10. What's well, yeah, not even theirs anymore. <laughs> the last couple of years. Yeah, I think they probably tried to get out of it. So. Speak, we, can we, we talk about a that? Little bit of a make good. Sure. Can we talk about that? that Shout out to Matt Wolf. Or no, that was a different one. No, God, Aeon that, risk, that was not even a joke or a bit. That was a whole Aeon other risk separate reward, conversation. Which we can talk about that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one. No one in the top ten showed up. If I had, I believe I have that right. Because Louis was the only uh, one. Officially now the Comcast business. Yeah. Top ten. Business it, tour top ten. I, I totally understand yeah. why, but I I just love to have this example in hard proof of like what what actual money is to these guys. Spieth would have needed a top 25 finish this week, and he would have won the business to, uh, Comcast business Tour business top 10. What extra $500,000 for a top 25 and didn't play, which I don't blame him. Like, no, five in a row. That's think what about rest it. is worth to going into yeah. the playoffs yeah. because there's so much more money on yes. the line there. Yeah. But it could have been also number one in the points going into the playoffs, too, which is a points, which is a boost, which you sure. know, could have been worth a shot or two with the tour championship by the end of it. But you can't play five weeks in a row. Like, uh, just there's no point in doing that, you know, with as much as is going to be on the line here in the coming coming weeks. But it just, yeah, it's just a stunning to me. Maybe all the players just come to a secret agreement, like, like if Spieth played more, Cal would have played, and they're like both some just cartel like, stuff. Yeah, hey, dude, like, price can we, fixing. Can we please not like? I'll buy you a boat if you don't go play or <laughs> yeah. something like that. Uh, I don't, I don't know how that works, but it is weird that that so many of these guys skip. But I, I can't imagine that. That little prize is going to stick around for too long if, if guys keep skipping. Maybe that's why Wyndham bailed on it. But all right, ready to move on. You from want to talk about the Aeon? Or are you good? I, no, I mm. think we should. I think <laughs> Matt Wolf, your Aeon risk reward challenge. Won a, guy, guy won a million dollars. They kept calling him the best decision maker of the of the season. So I I want to the Aeon risk reward segment on the broadcast. We've we've shouted it out here. Two thumbs up. I get a Wish lot I had of more hands. I, I get a ton of value out of that. You could you could do that for all eighteen holes. Kind of what they were doing during the USAM today when they were showing you the next hole while these yep. guys were finishing out. Obviously, they have a lot more time to fill. I get it. The problem with the Aon risk reward for me is I have no fucking idea what hole it is. Like what? How they're cal- like? They're, I can't follow it. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't like, think it's meant to be followed, though. I think it's a total, like, hey, we're going to make some money for the players doing this. Aeon's going to spend this with us. It's going to go on the broadcast. You don't need to track it week to week. Like, somebody's going to get the prize at the end, and it's just kind of like... But what, it just seems but, like such an arbitrary, outrageous prize. Yeah. it's a, a, On the men's side. And that's what... I know I've said this on the podcast a couple times, but go to an LPGA event. They know exactly what the hole is. They're thinking about it during the round. Like, it's a million dollars also for the, the woman who... Who has the best aggregate score on those holes average, throughout the season? Average score. Sorry, average score on those holes throughout the year. So that's I was going to put that in the positive bucket as well. Like it means a ton, I think, to on the LPGA, on the PGA Tour, it feels super arbitrary and just like someone's going to check their bank balance and be like, oh, well, there's an extra million here for some reason. How did that happen? Whereas 
I think there's so many awesome positive things to take away and it's super additive to the broadcast and it, it might as well just be like an ad buy. I don't know why somebody has to win a million dollars for it. It seems like yeah, I, I guess random. if you're gonna tell me it's a competition, I, I would like to follow along. And it, ah, it's similar to our saying that. Yeah. Well, it's similar <laughs> to our FedEx, the FedEx Cup. Like, I don't know how you calculate the points. I, I yeah. maybe I just need to be a better fan and and look it up. But yeah, like, you should work hard. Like that's that's what you're conditioned as no, a golfer. Like, it's like hey, work hard. Like this season long race. Both of these things are season long races, and I just struggle to like. Well, it's take t- interest and understand how they're calculating it and. It's tough, and that, this know. is hard when you're trying to, you know, it's not always going to come down to the wire, but it's hard when you have these two season-long races, and in one of them, all 10 guys skip the event, and in the other one, uh, the guy who won the million dollars missed the cut. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude, that's... It's like fastest lap kind of thing in yeah, F1. It's, totally. it's it, it, I, I enjoy it now that it's like, for one of the holes in the tournament, they're going to be like, hey, here are the spots you should hit it. Here's where you can't. Here's how this works. If you play it here, you, you're going to lose shots. If you play here, you're going to gain shots. They should be doing that on holes to begin with. So yeah. that for that reason, That's I'm like I mean. in. Yeah, it's just a, like a big ad buy on the telecast. Like, yeah, and the, great. the whoever That'd the awesome. I don't know if it is the telecast doing that video or that segment or if it's a separate, you know, third party production house. Keep it up. That's yeah. really good stuff. Before we get on to uh, some Ryder Cup stuff, everyone's favorite time of the year, right around the corner, college football season. And to celebrate, the DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new players in the center of the action with $200 in free bets instantly. If you bet $1 or more on any college football game, take advantage of this limited-time offer now. You heard it right. DraftKings is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more on any college football game, no matter what. Hear that? Any college football game. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all of the great promotions and daily odds boosts they are offering. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable, located right here in the United States, so it's easy to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code NLU to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football game. That's promo code NLU to get your free $200 and free bets instantly. For a limited time, only the DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older, New Jersey, and they are Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana 1-800-9 with it. I don't even... Slight work now. That was great. Slight yeah, work. Yeah. Yeah. Need some more... Get some, get, give me some more legalese, DraftKings, all right? Make it challenging <laughs> for me. Let's roll this right into our BMW Ryder Cup section here. We're, we're, gonna, we're knocking out two, two sponsors here with, uh, with one. Uh, BMW, of course, a global partner of the Ryder Cup, a partner of ours. I've uh, been all year long sponsoring these uh, Ryder Cup segments, which we would gladly have done even if they weren't sponsoring them. So thank you for that. But a lot of Kisner stuff going around today. A lot of Kisner stuff. Where do you, before I have my, my say my piece, where are you guys at? I mean, give me Stu Sink over Kiz. Whoa. <laughs> two-time winner. Two-time winner. If we're going by wins. Really? No, what I'm saying is if we're going uh, by, I see what you're I'm doing trying here. to make a point yeah. here. I see what you're doing If you're doing going here. by wins, then why isn't Stu Sink in the conversation right now? Because it happened because of a recency bias. So, so mm, I, I actually, that's. Respect, Neil. That's very enjoyable. I like, thank you for that. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> I, I think, I don't feel super strongly on this, and there's probably a lot of reasons for that, but. I think if you want to pick Kevin Kisner, that's totally fine. And it's something I would listen to based on everything we just got done saying about him. And he just seems like he kind of breaks the mold and he seems like he's a good guy to have on the team. Seems like people like being around him. Intangibles. He's got the intangibles. If you're going to pick him like because he won the Wyndham Championship, I think that's very stupid. Incredibly stupid. <laughs> like, 
I'm with you. And like, if your if your case going into this week was like Kisner should be on the team, and here's why. Like this week helped. I yeah. think if he finished T two, it would have helped. And that's where I think you can use the Wyndham as an excuse, right? You can use it as like validation. Like if you, yeah, if you already had your mind made up, I think it's very easy to be like, no, listen, he won the Wyndham. He's he's great. He's in great form. I think people are also, you know, he won the match play a few years ago. I think I don't know what his record is in the Ryder Cup, but he's always seemed like he's never played a Ryder. Just Cup. Presidents Cup. Presidents Cup. Yeah. Sorry, um, it seems like he's you know a positive um, in the in the history of team matchups. Uh, but I think a lot of people lean on that that match play win. It's like, oh well, he's great at match play. It's like, well, maybe he was just hot that week. You know, it's it's tough to, and that was also like four years ago. It's like eight so, years ago, asshole. <laughs> so I don't I don't know. I if Kisner was on the team, his, I would. It was two years ago in his okay, defense, but fair enough. Um, I I, I kind of think he would be good on the team, but I don't think that I, the groundswell of support for him just because he won is stupid. Him winning on a short Donald Ross driving accuracy matters golf course in a stroke play tournament does extremely little for me at Whistling Straits on a different grass type on a completely different setup in a completely different format. He has a great match play record. No one's denying that. But a lot of that is at Austin Country Club where it is a quirky, fun, awesome match play course, interesting Pete Dye design that is very different, very different than Whistling Straits. It is not. Whistling Straits is by all accounts a bomber's paradise. What did Kisner say a couple weeks ago when, when you know someone asked him a question? He said, "Yeah, Beth Page and so and whatever course, like I can't he win." He basically there. said, "Like yeah, there's a, only a, I'm playing for twentieth. I think was yeah. that what he was saying? And they like, pay a lot for twentieth. Yeah. That's why I show there's up. There's like these. five weeks a year where I yeah. can compete. It's probably more than that, but there's yeah. certain courses where he's like, yeah, I, I can't compete here. And Whistling Straits it falls in that category for me, right? I mean, if we are just trying to think about this, right, and, and learning like what analytics mean. And I know a lot of people want to roll their eyes at analytics and say it's it's uh, you know this isn't about strokes gain, it's about you know this emotion, all this kind of stuff. But just like just picture like a long golf hole, and Whistling Straits by all accounts is going to have long golf holes, right? And like picture a just total dispersion chart for Kevin Kisner, and picture it for somebody like Tony Finau. Like how many shots is Kisner going to be giving up? Or off even the like tee? Harris English? Yeah. Off the tee, yeah. like on almost every hole, he's going to be behind the eight ball in terms of like being in position to score well. And do you want to take the chance that he's going to have one of these hot weeks? Was anyone saying anything about him at TPC Southwind last week? You can't just cherry pick the best events for any player and say like, this is what you're going to get in the Ryder Cup. You have to balance the likelihood that they're going to perform well. Right. And I'm looking shit. I mean, at the uh, just looking at his last month or so in strokes gained rounds, he lost six and a half shots in round three at the Open Championship. He lost almost three shots in round two at FedEx. He lost uh, a one and a half shots uh, round three at FedEx. And then the final round of FedEx lost seven shots. That was last week. Right. And he won this week. That's great. Like he's a he's an extremely good player. We've we've documented that. I think. I am in on thinking outside the box on who we pick, right? I don't think it has to go 7 through 12 in the rankings, but it is not adding up in, for what we're about to do. J.B. Holmes was a captain's pick in 2016 for the U.S. Like, think about that. That was a, it was a good pick. Right. They're going to play a long golf course with mowed down rough, and we are going to hit it far. That's what they said they were going to do, and they did it, and they won. Kisner would have made a lot of sense in France. He would have. They picked Phil Mickelson, who went 0-3, and... and <laughs> conceded his last match from a tee box, but it's not adding up. We don't need Kisner on this team at Whistling Straits. There is a situation where that would make sense. 
it's not this year. Kisner's not having the year that some people are thinking that he's having, and it's not a great course fit, and that is my case. And again, this week didn't really change it. If he goes and beats the door down in the playoffs and does the Billy Horschel thing, and he's coming in hot, like go ahead, put him on the team. I'm fine with that. If it's the putter stays hot, uh, I think it is his playing style like matches up pretty well for match play, but. So then you're open to it if he open continues to it. it. Sure, he's got to beat the door you're down. You're just though. saying right now if, you, if yeah. you have to make the picks tonight. Yeah, yeah. if you have to make the pick, and I no. agree with you. Yeah. But I, 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 you know, there is time left. So if he keeps, I was not hot, sure. At this point, I was not screaming for Horschel to be on the 2014 team. But by the end of the playoffs, did I want him on that team? Absolutely. And they'd already made the picks, right. so they were kind of screwed. And if he goes and does the same thing through the playoffs, like hot hand, go ahead, like by all means. But this, this doesn't really do it for me. If he goes and does it on some different golf courses, some. Bombers Paradise golf courses, like that's a different conversation than what we're having. Here, also, here. the top uh, players weren't there this week. He wasn't yeah. beating the top player. He beat everyone that was there. That's great. But like none of the guys he's going to be up against in the Ryder Cup were there. Right. You know, and that's a different ball game. I wish I wish people could see DJ and I. We're sitting across from Solly, and we're both like, "Yo, dude, I listen. We, yeah, we good. I'm with you. I yeah. feel you. I, I wish I could. I wish I could draw yeah. more out of you. But I, yeah, I don't know what I don't know what follow ups to ask. I but just, he's one of the boys. Yeah. <laughs> that's surely that has to account for something. I mean, you know, it's not a hobby for him, so he should automatically make the Ryder Cup team. I, I think also you got to look at you know who you're picking him over, right? I mean, that's the whole other thing with these. That's very obvious, I know, but there's there's not unlimited spots. Like picking him means you're not picking someone else, and so when you're doing that exercise, it's it comes down to like, all right, are you not picking Jordan Spieth? Are you not picking Harris English? Are you not picking Patrick Reed? You know, Patrick Reed or Kevin Kisner? Who are you taking? And but that's it, that's where you're talking that's, about. Though it's not that's it's, interesting, but it's not one or the other, right? Right. Like there's a bunch of other guys to slot yeah. in too, you know. So, uh, but it is interesting. I think that's almost kind of like where his. That's where, almost like the best uh, case. Where's I'm Billy Joel at, at on the in the standings? Here's what I'll say. Is that Jason Kokrak? Yeah. Is uh, there fifteen? <laughs> okay. Is there a it's a piano man? Yeah. Where's piano man at? <laughs> incredibly specific situation where this would make sense. Where he is going to play foursomes. He's going to play with this person, and he's going to tee off on the even holes and removing the even holes up a box, and he can cover the same bunkers that John Rahm is going to be covering. Like if there is a very specific situation that they're going to lay out. That would make sense to play him in. Do you, you think? Talk me do into you that. think the captains are oh playing chess like God, that? Oh my God, no, absolutely <laughs> not. The, the captains have not opened the checkerboard, and they are playing. <laughs> they're not. They they're, can't find the box in the closet. Yes. guy, no, I, it should be here. They're playing travel honey, checkers. Honey, where'd you put the checkers? <laughs> it's not. They're not that far advanced. So in that situation. Uh, yeah, that that's where I'm at. That not to downplay his win at all. I just I can't do this another three weeks. Like every good shot that gets hit, uh, Ian Baker Finch did this at one point today in the same sentence. Nominated two guys who could be picks based on how this hole plays out. <laughs> and I'm like, this is a predictive exercise, right? You can't just look back at past results. And I know you can roll your eyes at that because I'm a big strokes gain guy, but like strokes gain is really predictive at your ability. It's like your ability to get in the ball in the hole, but like you can't cherry pick top events and project that out. Uh, you, it might be, it might work out, but if we're playing the odds on how to do this, that is not the best way to form a winning team. What about a guy like Webb? who's higher in the standings, uh, probably has a much better all-around game, Ryder Cup experience, uh, pairs well with everyone, but finished one stroke back of the lead today. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, 
I think Webb is an interesting discussion point. But I think he's a more interesting case than Kisner, probably, 100%. right? Like, yeah. as of right now. But yes. I'm, with, I'm with you that, like, part of me kind of... I, I really like watching Kisner, and I like that he's got a very different game. I like that he's got, like... It, again, it's we're spouting cliches, but obviously it's a very fuck-you kind of attitude that he has. It's fun to watch. It would be super fun to watch at the Ryder Cup. Like, part of me, like, hopes he gets picked. Uh, if I'm kind of, you know, removing myself from really, like we were saying downstairs, like... Do I really care who's on the U.S. team from like a rah-rah U.S. perspective or do I care from like an entertainment perspective? And I think Kisner would be about one of the more entertaining guys you could pick. No, you you mean not from a rah-rah, from a like gives us the best opportunity to win versus entertainment. Yeah, like us equals United States, right? If I'm like putting yeah. that hat on of like, like our best like, 12. Like, come on, boys, like we need to go do this. Yeah. Like that's not totally how, how you I feel. watch the Ryder Cup and like I can, I don't know. I can Which fake is, it like I do, but like. The European team, like the European team, is is way more fun to watch. They're more compelling. Like we watch all these guys. Wow. We watch them. Uh, yeah, DJ, first time. Wow. I'm sure I've said that on this podcast. You think I'm going to argue with that? You're, yeah, Bryson Reed. No, yeah, I'm just saying. You're, come you're, on, you're, you're you and Tron right riding for the. Uh, We've been for saying this boys. for like four years now, but it, it's yeah, Bryson Brooks, JT, right, right for the lads. Excuse JT, me, JT Xander, Harris English, Pat Reed, Daniel Berger, Cantlay, Finau, Webb. Like you, you want to root for those guys, or you, or is it a little more fun to watch like Rory, John Rahm? And Sergio's probably going to be in there. Poulter's probably going to be in there. Like, let me on. let me they say have this. more wild cards. Yeah, which is definitely so. So where I'm getting at with all of this is like, if I'm with you, Solly, and I'm like, we the U.S. I'm with you on like, yeah, Kisner probably doesn't make a ton of sense. If I'm like the golf fan who just likes tuning in and watching like exciting stuff, yeah, I kind of would like to watch Kisner. Oh yeah, there's Kiz. Yeah, you, you know, know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. And I think that brings us to Phil Mickelson. Well, yes. before we get to that, I was going to make the segue <laughs> if you didn't. Before we get to that, a lot of people want to do like this is what the Euros do. Like they do like the swag and the grit and the you know what the Euros do? They do the analytics. Like yeah, they laugh true. at our pairings from the 2018 Ryder Cup. Literally, the analytics group that put together the pairings for the European team laughed when they put the U.S. put their foursomes out there because there was just no scientific add up for how this was going to play out. When you start to like again, if you want to get in the real nerdy stuff, this shot dispersion thing is like where this thing is won and lost. And like the Europeans were playing, God, they were playing, what's the, uh, what's the game from New Girl? The, 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 uh, Whoa, True American big, or whatever that game is called. Yourself there. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm not sure what that. <laughs> I can't go down that road. But I don't man. know what that, that game is. You've never is. watched New Girl? No. Zoe Deschanel sucks. Yeah, she stinks. Oh my God. Anyways, they play an <laughs> extremely complicated drinking when she, game. When she cucked Joseph Gordon-Levitt in oh, horrible. 500 Days of Summer. Horrible. Unbelievable. Anyway. That's that's damn. I have heard of damning. this drinking game that you're talking about, though. Yeah, yeah. It's it looks really fun, yeah. but it's look true American is what it's called. It's a very complicated drinking game. That's what the Europeans are playing while we can't figure out travel checkers. Yeah. So we can't figure out flip cup. Don't <laughs> roll your eyes. Trying to drink out of the boot as fast. Come as on, can. man! You started too soon. <laughs> I gotta say, don't roll your eyes at this analytic stuff because it is how the Europeans have gotten a leg up. And again, I think the Americans like kind of like fake their way through the analytics stuff and kind of look for the stats that are convenient for it and look for it to support opinions they already have rather than to make the decisions that they want to make. <laughs> doesn't sound like Americans. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I, I've got a, a direct question. another example of So I have a direct question for you. <laughs> I'm listening. And this is not who you think should be on the team. Do you oh, think, yeah. yes or no? Hell yeah. <laughs> Do it. Do you think Do it. That, Hitting that the bombs. United States of America <laughs> captain's team <laughs> will pick Phil Mickelson to be on the Ryder Cup team? I do not. You don't think they will? I don't think they will. Okay. 
honestly, I would have put the chances at 0.01% going into this week. Jeff Shackelford had a write-up in the quadrilateral this week that said, basically, Phil's going to be on the team. And I, it like threw me for a loop for like two days. I, I haven't really fully recovered from like even the thought of that. <laughs> from an entertainment standpoint, you have my attention. And I, I'm not, this is not hyperbole. I promise you when I say this, if they choose Phil Mickelson, it will release a huge burden for me because I, I promise you, <laughs> I will no longer care who wins the Ryder Cup. It will unshackle Solly. If I, you guys aren't going to fucking try to win, then I don't even care anymore. That's exactly where I would net out. Like, okay, it's just like a showcase. Like, this isn't a real sporting event. We already make like <laughs> 90% sure. of our decisions yeah. horribly. And if we do that, then it's like, okay, well, now I, I just don't it's really WWE. care. It, it's WWE. Yeah, it's going to be a lot more fun to watch this meltdown, actually, because that would be... I, I don't even know where you'd rank that, like, in terms of, like... <laughs> of, of bad decisions. Like, so you remember when Ted Bishop called, tweeted at no, Pulitzer man, and called I him a, a little girl? I yes. got a gut feeling, man. <laughs> Ted Bishop tweeting that at, at Poulter was, like, a better move than selecting <laughs> Phil, I'd say. Like, that makes more sense. From a, from a winning Ryder Cup perspective, than choosing Phil would. Such an underrated moment in golf history, yes. by the way. Nobody talks about that, <laughs> no. ever. PJ uh, of America president being <laughs> fired because he called Poulter a, quote, little girl. <laughs> End quote. Like on over three bottles of wine or something oh. after a dinner or something like that. Unreal. Neil, do you think he's going to get picked? Oh, man. Because I'm happy to ride on this block that I do think they're going to pick him. I, but do you really I, think so? I do, Dog, yes. You beat me to it. I was going to say yes. I think it's one of – I'm with you. I couldn't because agree with you more. I think that – I think, I you, think they want people to to tune in. And I think Phil – they will justify that Phil moves the needle do you more have, than, do you, you have, know, somebody else. Like like. I don't think it makes any no. sense. And I'm, I'm – I couldn't be – That's you fine. You couldn't have laid out a no, better No, no. I agree. And I agree with you. Do you have any idea how much – of my golf energy is propped up by this event. Like my yeah, energy to do this I every do, week. For sure. Do you have any idea what like I'm, the death of this event would do to me personally? Do you have any idea shackle you? how hard I'm trying to prepare you for this death a I, month I, ahead of time? I'm with Tej on this. I think <laughs> just because it's all, it's a cash grab in a lot of ways and he, it's viewers, right? And I think that the justification would be, you know, Phil's gonna, I, I, he played, and, and, and they, you know, you can make the case that he won the PGA, he still got it, he's, you know, Experienced. He's, yeah, he's experienced. A lot and of young guys on this team. We need somebody, you know, we need like a player captain. Last rodeo. Phil, I talked to look, Phil. Look how good Tiger did as the, as the you know, captain slash player at the President's I, Cup. You I know, all these argue. I can see all of them, these conversations being had. I talked to Phil and I just, he, you know, he wants one more go around. And, and he's earned that, Solly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Solly, he's earned that, goddammit. I swear. I can't okay? say we anything. Have, he, we owe him that. I can't say anything because you guys are saying a lot of things that they would say. Well, like, and that's where I'm like, dude, if you think uh, nobody loves Steve Stricker more than me, I, huge Steve Stricker guy, but like, does he seem like the guy who's going to go not pick the guy who won the, you know, the second, the most popular, you know, active player considering Tiger's current status? Like, the guy won the PGA and, and Steve Stricker's going to be the guy who, like, Puts him out to pasture. But, like, I wouldn't even think he would be in consideration. Like, we're not even in the ballpark. Like, we're talking about the worst. He's not even, like, he's... Phil Mickelson, so I know the stats. He's number 19 on the rankings right behind Kevin Kisner. Phil Mickelson has lost to... Kisner or Mickelson? (laughs) Phil is not batting 50% this year in beating other professionals. He has lost to more people in tournaments than he's beat. Like... <laughs> Again, your case is a great one, I would, and I agree with it. But I do I think that Stricker and Co are going to be like, 
let's pour over these charts. Let's you don't even have to pour. You just no. have to open the. Or are they going to be like, I got a feeling, and and I think I, it's it's intuition, and this guy has so much experience, you can't teach that. There's no data in the world that can teach that. <laughs> well, I, I wish Randy was here because Randy is so he rides so passionately for this take. Unironically, that like yes, they should take Phil. Of course, they should take Phil. He's so good. He's one of the best players. In the history of the game, of course they should take him. And he was very fired up earlier this week. Uh, he was fired up on Slack, and Solly was throwing a lot of data at him. And Randy just kept saying, "Like, listen, man, it's not the Strokes Gain Cup; it's it's the Ryder Cup." And it, Randy is very I threw no. I don't. I threw zero well, data out there. Randy's a patriot, though, so <laughs> you know that that makes a ton of sense. <laughs> what did Randy had a good lot? What did he say? Something like, you know, yeah, I guess whatever you could get Daniel Berger and Coke rack, you, you just got to take that chance. <laughs> Hey, take the piano man out <laughs> Any, of your mouth. Anytime you can get those guys on the team, I guess you got to jump at it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure. Let's, I'm, let's. I'm riding for the piano man. I want Kokrak swaggering I, all over the I, place I just, up there. I just, I don't think that's going to happen. Either. I know, but the, the guy can dream, right? If they do take Phil, <laughs> like it's the same thing with the with the I, with the Kisner thing. They have to leave someone off, right? And so that's, I think, the best case is. There's four guys that they just absolutely, or six guys that they just absolutely can't. Unsubstantiated leave off the team. rumor has it that Tony Finau was up there for a couple of days this week at Whistling. So I don't know if he knows something that we don't know. Now um, I, I would. There's a case to be made. If Finau's it, on the team, there's no spots. There's an interesting conversation about whether you'd rather have Finau or Phil that I would talk about. But sure, <laughs> we could maybe we'd it'd say be that a true change. It'd be a changing of the guard. Oh, I mean. Because, I mean, Finau does have a good record, so same. He's just know, been stinky lately. He's been stinky lately, but if you go on Ryder Cup experience and like, oh, he's got a great record and yeah. we know he's a player, and then you could you could so, talk me into Finau. I, 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 I didn't even want to let myself get to <laughs> that this. That would be a good repudiation of yeah. it's not about wins. Also, <laughs> taking Finau. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, uh, I... It, I've been holding off because on like even trying to make this case because like Phil doesn't even enter the conversation for me at this point. But Phil hasn't even been a good Ryder Cup player. No, it's one thing if he was like Poulter, who finds summons something every time a Ryder Cup comes around. Yeah, but you just gotta give it one more chance. He's three his teams are three and nine in Ryder Cups. When the bell goes off, he's something changes. Earned it. He is a losing record in Ryder Cup matches. He's like the second best player of the generation. Like that's not what we're, we're not talking about. Anyone that's been a positive for these teams, he dominates the team room, dominates the decisions, over inserts himself in ping every pong, possible way. He, bring, he brings the competitiveness up yeah, on the ping pong table. Exactly. And you, that's what you've they're never been for. in those team rooms, though. You don't know. You God, don't I remember understand. He fucking eviscerated Tom Watson. <laughs> <laughs> Just drove a, his car over him. Who do you think's been worse <laughs> from a vibe standpoint, Phil or P. Reed? I think Phil's been great for the vibe. Okay. Unironically, great I, for the vibe, yeah, but yeah. like. Ha, uh, hasn't necessarily translated to wins. Yeah. But right. then, I think I mean, everybody's had a really good time. Except like that match that he had with Sergio. That was great. That was epic when they And they you shot, know like, what? A, there's unfinished business. There's, he's he, earned He's that. earned it. And he's I'm going back that. to that. That's right. So this was Phil. Do you remember back. that match? Do you remember that? Yes. Something happens at yeah, these events. Give him a spot. He just changes. So when the, the captains got super jolly right after the PGA and Davis Love was talking about like, you know, we were going to talk to Phil about what he wanted to do. Uh, I'm glad we didn't do that, insinuating like he's going to be on the team. And Phil replied and said, if I'm the captain, I'm not going to want a guy that plays well one week in an entire year. Just because I played really well last week and won a big championship, that does not warrant a spot on the team by any means. 
So like I can't picture Phil like beating down the door right now. Like I need to be on this team. Like I deserve to be on this team. I want to be on this team. What if he? Refused, he knows he's not playing what if good they golf. Offered it to him, and he refused the crown. That would be the perfect end. That that would that would make everybody happy. Yeah. I mean, he's an average PGA Tour player at this point that had an, a miraculous week. But this is the first year in his career that he's ever lost strokes gained. He is below he's average. Due. <laughs> Come on, you know he's going to snap back. <laughs> so, listen, that's maybe it's not even a, a, a real topic, but I, I got like me we, fired up. We this ruined week. Solly's, Solly's night. No, you didn't ruin it. We derailed you because it can't. No, happen. You're the look at you. The, it can't the, happen. The pall that's come over you. It can't happen. If there was no one to select, if we weren't in the deepest era of American golf that we've <laughs> ever been in, it'd be a different conversation. But like, you can, if he gets the pick over Scotty Scheffler, like I'm, I'm out. Do you, think, do you think there's anything to the idea, though, that it is an exhibition? If it needed attention, yes, but it gets yeah. the maximum amount of attention right now in the golf world, right? I, and if they want to turn into this circus that reaches other people, then that again, that's where you lose me. Like, I just won't care about it. Like, this is the golf competition I actually care about the result the most. Like, it's the most fun. It is the most spirited. It's the most, like, shit-talking that happens. It's, it's the most... Like the only time I actually feel something towards who like is actually competing in it, you know, it's the only time you get to play under the, like your country's flag. Like it means the result should mean something. So take that, take that to heart, Captain Stricker. Don't Tell take me, this from Solly. Take the, 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 the president's cup. That's like an, that's an exhibition, right? How does that feel every year when it comes around? No, I, I totally yeah. agree with you, but like, I'll, I don't know. I'm also not like a very casual fan and I'm also not a, you know, the event organizer. Right, so I, I don't know what their I don't know what their goals are. I guess the sell the the sellout nature of golf is it is so deep. That's what makes me think they're going to pick them, and that's where I'm like, if the Ryder Cup the Ryder Cup is already a huge corporate thing, but if it stops becoming about who wins, then like then I'm then I'm I'm a part of me will die. God, what if they pick him and he plays great? <sighs> Honestly. You could make a somewhat of a case with the golf course. Yes, like it makes more sense golf course wise than Kisner yeah. does. But hitting bombs, it doesn't make sense from a logical standpoint. Anyways, across the pond, women's Scottish Open. Ryan O'Toole gets her first win. We've got our first look at Dunbarney, a new, uh, I'd say, more American style, more modern links course than a true Scottish links. Seemed okay from the golf I watched on. It seemed fine. Seemed Kings Barney. But not it didn't quite scratch the itch that I think we're going to get in the coming week at the AIG Women's Open at Carnoustie. That's but, what uh, I was going to say. I, I didn't get to watch a ton of it. Ryan O'Toole, cool story. First win in 11 years as a LPGA grinder. Sounds like there was from this, of course, always getting my news from the great Beth Ann Nichols from Golf Week. Uh, but it sounded like she was ready to, you know, kind of entertaining some thoughts about hanging it up, maybe having some kids, having family, relaxing. And uh, yeah, it's just cool to see like, you know, someone breakthrough after that long. That's always always fun. In a in a week kind of full of those stories, it was cool uh, seeing that on the LPGA as well. And Lydia Ko, runner-up again. She's playing Unbelievable. fucking awesome. And ball. another a strong finish from uh, Leona McGuire. Yeah. Who the, the boys have been, you know, taking note the rooftops. Ever, ever since we went to the KPMG. I feel like she's going to break through here pretty soon. I, I cannot wait to watch uh, at Carnoustie this week. It's going to be incredible. I, I, I think it's going to be really, really fun. I think we kind of said this on the pod whenever I was on last week or two weeks ago. But I think women's golf is, it seems much more one-dimensional than the men's game for a lot of reasons. I think a lot of that is just the way that these women are so freaking consistent in, in what they do. I think a lot of times it's just when they have 132, it's it's hitting at 132. They play a lot of fairly soft golf courses, and I'm just really, really excited to see kind of 
some imagination on display and and uh, just see a different style of golf. I, I, I can't think wait. I, you said that earlier. I kind of disagree after watching KPMG. I, I feel like the way that they are able to hit the green with five woods and long irons um, like all day long, like automatically is less one-dimensional than the pros that are bomb and gouge. Totally. That's also a major setup. Like okay. it's, a, it's a different a different type of week. I, I agree though, but I think that I think that kind of almost proves what I am saying that like that shows how much is there that's probably not being utilized. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like seeing them constantly do that over and over and over is like, dude, what else like what else can you do? Like what if you guys were playing like good golf courses? Like holy shit, yeah, that would be fun I, to watch. It just feels like they're but to me there's more dimensions than one when you're approaching the green. It's not always long irons. They're doing it with wedge. They're doing it through the bag into the green. And I don't feel like I see that as much on the PGA Tour. No, for sure. That's that's definitely true. And, and modern men's golf at the top level, like these links courses just get so shrunk down to like it's so many wedges now in that guys can hold greens with spin yeah. pretty easily. And the scale at which the women play it is just different. And that ball is going to be coming in lower with less yeah. spin. And those factors of Lynx golf, if the conditions are right, I haven't seen pictures of Carnoustie yet. If it's soft, they will have no problem. And they, they probably won't have a problem anyways, but it's just going to require different shots. It's going to yeah. require shots that land short. It's going to require shots that play away from pins and require just a positioning game that is so enjoyable to watch at major championship level. So I think these... The kind of top, uh, you know, links courses. There aren't that many left that fit both the men's and women's game, and it's going to be really interesting to watch the women play this one. And I'm very excited for it. I, my viewing schedule is going to be a little tight this coming week, but I'm I'm going to be catching as much as I possibly can. So DVR, baby. Yeah, I'm going to be gone. Oh, I'm, in, I'm be in Charlottesville true. this week. USAM. James Pyatt wins the United States Amateur two and one fifth year senior at Michigan State. Gosh, it turns out venues really, really matter oh in golf television viewing. <laughs> well, just in the vibe of the the whole thing too. I it was almost lucky that the PGA, you know, got moved up today. It was because great. it just yeah. teed up. It was almost like Made an appetizer. Day, yeah. And then oh man, USAM's on all afternoon. This is great. I had undivided attention, you know, watched the whole like the all eighteen holes and Oakmont, God, with no bleachers, no uh like they'd taken these big shots and it's just such a good vibe when everyone's just walk, milling around, just milling around. And it, it just felt very authentic. I loved it. I think I'm, I'll also concede to, to knowing intellectually that Oakmont's one of the best golf courses in the country slash world, but not probably being able to like articulate in a great reason, like in a great way of why. And I think a lot of that is what you're saying. You know, I think it's a lot of grandstands. It's a lot of high angled TV shots. It, it kind of like TV, for a lot of reasons, like it's very consistent in that it's going to make a lot of golf courses look the same, right? And seeing all the on the ground stuff that they had there, seeing like shout out to Jim Gallagher Jr. was doing like kind of the whole ahead of the championship match and just showing like all the different slopes and what's going on with different bunkers and like holy hell, man, that it just you saw you said it on Slack or whatever, but like what a great illustration of like why you'd go there and shoot a million. Right. Oh, and yeah. like, it just doesn't, you don't get that from the air. You don't get like, you know, there's no crazy water hazards you got to drive over. There's nothing that's like, man, I don't, you know, what's all the teeth. And then you just see on the ground stuff and like all the different land movement, all the different slopes, all the different greens, like positioning. Yes. It is in match play, especially just positioning how you can flip the tide of a match, how you can flip the tide of a hole with one great shot, despite somebody out positioning you throughout the hole. The control you have to have around the greens when you are out of position, out of uncertain lies on some of the slickest and slidiest greens I've ever seen golf played on, watching yeah. some of those balls roll out. 
it is when it also like dumps so rain. difficult. Yes. <laughs> right. Like it is just so, so difficult. Like that style of play. I would be if I broke ninety at Oakmont this week from the, on that setup, I would have been pretty thrilled. Well, also I I think actually the aerial stuff for me helped, but it was because they had so much time to fill that yeah. it was like strategic aerial stuff. Like when they're walking down the fairway and they're just kind of killing time. Yeah. They were showing these drone shots just kind of hanging up there and and after you've seen him hit the shot you're like oh my god look at the now i i after i've seen the down the line view of where that bunker was like on that 600 and you know 90 yard par 5 and you're like where he's trying to lay it up to and he puts it in that bunker i think that was 12 i can't remember which hole it was but then they show the aerial shot and you're like holy shit what a tough layup that is yeah. you know like that's it's great good golf but like it's, it's yeah it's also they have to fill the time right? yeah in, in a us open at oakmont they're just bouncing around you're just getting golf shots yep. so that they don't have the ability to, to give you that. But it was a, it was a joy to watch today. It was uh, – their graphics even had, like, the slope of the cant of the fairway in them, which, like, as soon as I saw – you could see a flyover of a 360-yard par 4 and kind of roll your eyes. And then you see that slope of that fairway being ball above your feet right to left that changes the entire dynamic of the shots you have to play. And it is just – I mean – I, I mean, we Go ahead. I well, – I'm – I just want to give the telecast another shout out. I thought Noda and Bones were awesome. So good. The fact yeah. that they, they yeah. were both, it was, they felt like they were so comfortable. It's like they'd been with these guys. They're one's following one guy, one's following the other. And they're just like almost part of the squad. You yeah. know, they're just listening to every conversation. And it was it just, it was like everybody was in a groove, it, both the players and the telecast. It's like, man, it probably has bottle to, that up and take it somewhere else. Th- bring it with you to the next place. Well, it has to, it's, yeah, it's a little like contradictory, I think, because we're, we're always getting on them so much about show more shots, show I more know. shots, show I, more I, shots. Yeah. And it's really hard when yeah. those guys got to get in and out so fast. So when they have more room to breathe and you can hear Bones explain like the lie, you can hear him explain the trajectory that it needs to be and what's going to happen and what is going on from a match play perspective and all those things. Like it, I'm with you. It's captivating. So then it's maybe great. it like, and we've talked about this before and how it's tough for TV, but different formats like could we get more match play where that that could be possible like that was a joy to watch is it only because it's the usam and it's like i think it's tradition or venue too yeah i swear that venue had meant so much to what what unplayed today like it really did like the value of those shots and like the again i can just go back to positioning like watching watching like top level amateurs know how to play a really difficult golf course is like at an age where they like they probably shouldn't have as much discipline as they do. It was really interesting to me. And they did such a great job setting up. Justin Leonard was great too, just in talking about as soon as a ball landed, exactly what the considerations would be for the next shot. There's a reason why for however many years on this podcast, we've talked so much about golf courses, like the setting in which these are played matters a lot. And Bringing that to life is a challenge for broadcasters, and the format lended itself to that. And no commercials lended them itself to being, you know, telling the story of Oakmont and keeping you locked in. So, congrats to them on that. I yeah. think it was. I think it was. Fantastic. I got a question for you guys. Tough channel flipping. Um, well, yeah, but also kind of sweet. Just the the, <laughs> the cultural spectrum of going from NASCAR to U.S. amateur golf was. <laughs> Very, very cool. Well, Peacock to Golf Channel yeah. earlier in the week and all that is really freaking uh, annoying. When you flipped it on today, uh, like I didn't have any, maybe you had more context, but I didn't watch a ton of, of the USAM before today. Caught up on some highlights. Had no allegiance to either player. Who did you, it's it's always a funny like uh, experiment for me. Yeah. Of like, who are you attracted to? Like, who are you, do you find yourself rooting for and why? 
I couldn't tell if I hated or loved Austin <laughs> Greaser. I couldn't really. I, I, I think I'm. I think I'm in, but I want to reserve. If he turns out to be really punchable, I want to be able to flip on him. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm in right now. I kind of like this swag. I kind of dug his vibe. I, yeah, it, it's it's hard to. Uh, I don't know. I I kept kind of heat checking myself. I'm like. You know, these are just like really nervous, like twenty-one-year-old kids on on TV. So it's hard to judge too much. But yeah, the Austin Greaser DJ impression was a little a little much for me, probably. But I was more glued to uh, the guy who won, yeah. Piot, just with some some of his backstory. I thought was cool, and and playing at Michigan State is kind of an underrated. Like you know, he seemed kind of chippy, yeah. a little little underrated. Like what did they say first Big Ten guy to win since. John Cook, which is kind of shocking since Big Ten is a number of good golfers, good good amateur golfers. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I'd not no real good reason. It was just it was a true like it, it was kind of fun not to have a rooting interest. Yeah. That's what for, I mean. And while, that's right? and then but naturally you're gonna start to. Yeah. I wanted it to go to eighteen. I just yeah. want to keep yeah, watching. Which I had the same vibe, but I was I found myself I, I like Piot's vibe of like. He'd, he'd throw the shades yeah. on in between shots and then take them off. But he had, he had kind of had his Dan, process Danny going. Noonan vibe a little bit. Uh, with the, and then, with and the then hair. but I did appreciate Greaser. I thought his caddy was his brother. I Backstory on his brother was cool. It was, but it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't. It was just a local, yeah. like, kid. And, they, you know, it was just like, that. the caddy's vibe was cracking me up because he was kind of like, Kind of reading putts, and I and the for the first like thirty minutes, I was like, oh, that's his like little brother, like that guy. He must feel so overwhelmed. It's like, no, he's just a local caddy. They just been on a of, heater. Of that, did you guys see this tangent? But did you see the the story on the Champions Tour about the guy who caddied for VJ this week? No, it was like a guy working in the golf shop in Calgary at the course that they were playing, and they're like, yeah, we you know we need some guys to to get on some bags, and this guy got VJ. And the Champions Tour, it, it seemed kind of random. Maybe the Champions Tour is doing this all the time, but they they did like a produced video of about this guy and VJ working together, and it was so captivating. Shout out! I think I saw it in the Golf Digest uh, newsletter, email newsletter. But VJ is just like farting on this guy completely, <laughs> just like like the guy like is so clearly like petrified to be working for VJ Singh, and VJ is almost like toying with him, just like you know. They're they're almost kind of like mic'd up, but he's like, uh, "How far is it?" It's like, "Oh, the guy's like shooting his laser." He's like, "Oh, it's two hundred VJ's." Like, "There's no way it's 200. It's like, uh, one eighty six. He's like, "Yeah, <laughs> well, good thing you know, good thing you're not allowed to use the laser during the during the round." And just like, "Oh, local knowledge." Like, "What do you think this one's doing?" It's like a sixty foot putt. It's like, "What do you think this one's doing?" Like off the fringe from the front collar. He's like, "Oh, I think it's left edge." He's like, sick, really? He's like, you th- he's like, you think it's that far of a putt? You think it's left edge? He's <laughs> like, that's pretty specific. And he's like, well, what, do, what do you think? He's like, well, I think it's going to go a lot more than that. <laughs> and it's just, it's really captivating stuff. Would watch a Netflix <sighs> series about these two guys working together because it was, it was great. I was going to say, I love, like the, five I love minutes, the USA. Like five minutes ago, I was yeah. going to say, it's amazing what we as golf fans base our rooting interests on, like on the most trivial shit. Like that, sure. that has nothing to do with the actual people. Like, don't like this flat bill. You know, yeah, I'm not yeah, rude for that guy. Like, which is why no, I think like, don't I don't like how he walks. Which is why I think they're gonna pick Phil Mickelson for I the Ryder Cup team. <laughs> Greaser, his he was making me a little anxious. Like he had a yeah. kind of a wild follow through and you know off the tee, but he got to hit it a mile. Yeah, he yeah. actually his game though strikes me like the length he hits it and he rolls rolls the potato. Yeah, uh, he's he's got like tour player. You know, written all over them. Definitely, it's always hard to project. Like the U.S. Amateur is not—I would not say—is great at identifying the top amateur and that, player. And I agree, and that's why I kind of I'm pointing that out. I yeah. was like, man, that his game looks yeah. like it could it could translate well to the pros. 
Uh, what do you guys think of guys playing up opposite fairways? Thought it was awesome. It's great. Sign me up. It's complicated. <laughs> On the surface, I for some reason in my head, I'm like, this is horrible. They're defacing the golf course. What have they done? This here? is terrible. And then I think. Solly, I think, won me over on this on this conversation where it's like, dude, we can't, you know, you can't celebrate this at the old course and all these links courses. Like, oh, God, it's just great strategy and not, you know, acknowledge it when it happens over here. So I, I actually I thought it was great. Yeah, with, if uh, you don't like it, I, I also want to hedge play both sides. Say if, if you don't like it, I would also be fully in support of them putting in course out of bounds as much as they want. I, I thought it's I thought it's fun. I do think it's fun on at the end of the day. I think it's fun to see at the the most stuffy of the USGA championships. Like I think it's fun to see the ball going five hundred miles in front of the USGA's face and just like Yeah. Yeah, we're at fucking Oakmont, dude, and we're just gonna hit it into other fairways because that's how far we hit it and it's gonna be a little flip wedge in here. From from high ground. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and if, if if for the players' sake, like if I'm playing for the USAM and that's the best angle, yeah. like and my competitors doing it, I'm 100. I'm hitting totally. up the other fairway. So a lot of uh, leopards ate my face. Uh, some people that were like, oh, didn't "Need more trees out there," like, or maybe the ball shouldn't go that fucking far. Like, what? are you kidding me? Like, it's yeah. pretty simple. Like this is what you get when the ball goes really far. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I need to add trees into this. That solves the issue here. For sure. I want to go back to the last thing on the USAM that was I was loving was just the, the fans being just oh, right gosh. up in the oh, yeah. grill all day long. And I, I thought on that uh, 95% great, yeah. 5% like, what the fuck? I thought when... when <laughs> like, yo, you're like 20 feet away from the flag. Yeah, when, when <laughs> Piat hit, hit that bunker shot on 17 and it rolled into the... Yeah. Back yeah. I was like, oh, for sure somebody's like immediately thought someone was going to, you know, stop it with their foot. Yeah. And they didn't. So, it, you know, it all worked out. But like, I was just, ready for somebody to so insert themselves in the story. Drama. And maybe that's because I was just on the lookout for, you know, NLU like elephant shirts and, and stuff. So shout out to the guy wearing the elephant shirt. But the, having the crowd like in there, not inserting themselves, but being. It just it looked like an enjoyable thing to go watch. Oh, I want to go to USAM so badly. And so, as a TV viewer, when it looks like it's fun to be there, it makes you more interested so in it. I think I'm gonna keep some, practicing. Some strange venue choices coming up, I think, or just kind of what are they? Uh, Ridgewood in New Jersey, which is sweet. That that'll be a fun one to watch. Cherry Hills, which mm-hmm. I think would be fun. Hazeltine, which is eh. you know we've we've seen Hazeltine. Olympic Club, which we know, kind of seen Olympic Club. Marion, which mm. would be great. Oak Hill. Kind yeah. of seen Oak Hill. Yeah. And the honors course, which would be cool. Which okay. we haven't seen. Which we haven't really seen much. Ridgewood. Of. I might have to get up to the Ridgewood. I think it'd be fun. Jersey. And, and to your point on like whether it's a good predictor of of kind of stardom, it, it is it turns out a an interesting type of player. I'm just gonna rattle these off for people who don't have them memorized, but kind of the last like twenty, going back to two thousand, just kind of mentally make a note on on which of these guys kind of popped and which didn't, because it's a an interesting mix. Jeff Quinney, Bubba Dickerson, Ricky Barnes, Nick Flanagan, Ryan Moore, Eduardo Molinari, Richie Ramsey, Colt Nost, Danny Lee, Ben On, Peter Uline, Kelly Kraft, Stephen Fox, Matt Fitzpatrick, Gun Yang, Bryson, Curtis Luck, shout out to Curtis, Doc Redman, Victor Hovland, Andy Ogletree, Tyler Strafacci. Hmm. It is a, it is like half and half. Yeah, yeah. there's it's, it's, it's almost like, split. To me, in my head, I'm like one. It's like heads and tails. Yeah, like one guy's yeah player the next guy's like ah he struggled most most guys i feel like you've you know maybe that bottom quarter maybe you know you could throw out but it 
most guys you've you know you've heard of. Yeah. They went on to have careers. So it it's not like it's there's a lot of fluke fluke winners. Yeah. But. Announcements from the USGA as well this week regarding Oakmont and Marion. 2025 US Open, I believe it was already that was already announced is going to Oakmont. Uh, 2028 U.S. Women's Open going to Oakmont. 2033 Walker Cup at Oakmont. These are all Oakmont. 2034 U.S. Open. 2038 U.S. Women's Open. 2042 U.S. Open. 2046 Women's Amateur. 2049 U.S. Open. Jesus, Mike Wan. All at Oakmont. Doing some big things early. He did a deal. He's like, let's sit down and look at the calendar. (laughs) First month on the job. I want this shit planned out till 2050. And then the more interesting, I think, Marion Golf Club, who's also hosting the Curtis Cup next year, 2026 USAM, 2030 US Open, 2034 and 46 Women's Open, and the 2050 US Open is going to Marion. 29 years from now. Which makes me bullish that they're thinking about fixing the golf ball. So That's exactly why I, I, I want to introduce this. I don't know this. that they're... That they're they're going to Marion in 2050. Nowhere think, to go at yeah. Marion. There's yeah. nowhere to go back. Like the golf ball will have to be resolved, or that golf tournament will have to have moved um, by then. And and on that note, uh, when Mike Wan came on on the USGA, like you know, didn't it make you kind of jacked up? Jacked up. I, I feel know. like that's a homer take, but I, I was know. like, no, I was like, you. hell yeah, I'll ride with you. Yeah. Like you know, let's go. I, it made me feel it's a very something. It's, it's quite a departure from, yeah. from the past. It's just yeah. like oh shit, this guy's in charge now. This yeah. is great. So I think it's changing talked about that last week but i you know just wanted to point that out like even his cup like coming across the, the tv made me you know f- feel positive things yeah some heads have already rolled at the usga uh the chief commercial officer was out uh the chief brand officer whatever no longer there like it seems like the mike one plan is being put into effect very very quickly uh and yeah I, it's the guy does not fuck around like it, it's gonna be different oh uh, yeah. the next However long his tenure is, it's going to be very, very different. And uh, gosh, it's hard to like, I forget what I, I was trying to find his quote here of just like what, what he was looking into regarding the distance issue of like, it's hard to, it's hard to look at this basically. And, and well, that was from the Beth Ann piece with her interview, uh, which was really good on uh, golf week. And uh, I'd, Recommend yeah, people go read it. He said, I've, seen, I've said this many times, but the last time really the USGA looked at distance uh, in an attempt to establish a maximum distance with perfect launch conditions was 1976. So yeah, an outsider. I, I wonder if the if you know the 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 powers that be that hired Mike Wan knew what they were getting into in terms of like this guy is going to ruffle it. Like he is going to do things differently here. Um, so I don't know. It, it the, getting that far ahead of it and saying we're going to Marion in twenty forty nine does give me a little bit, of, or twenty fifty does give me a little bit of confidence. But one maybe stupid question there: Who is responsible for that hire? Like the is it is it is there's a board? I assume so. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just wonder who the powers that be. I assume so. Are. What's interesting, and I wish I was maybe it's a future pod topic is. Uh, like the coup that was attempted to happen in like 2013 or 2014 at the USGA, like some weird shit went down with people was, trying to assume power. And it was Glenn Nager and the boys. Yeah. Think, right. It was a, a very weird time period. USGA is a weird I organization. Might, yeah. Look into that this week. Just yeah. like who's, who, who's responsible for hiring now the guy in charge. Yeah. This is, this is Shackelford's block. Is Good, it? Oh yeah. Dive, dive in on, all right. Maybe, I'll, maybe some I'll, of his background. I'll, I'll back with him. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, new OWGR rankings coming up here. As one person gladly or, or very uh, astutely pointed out on Twitter, what are you guys going to talk about now? <laughs> uh, no, what are you going to talk about now? 
So basically everything we said about the OWGR, um, we knew. I said they were trash. I said they were was. Trash. Yeah, was. so basically everything I said was right. <laughs> well, it's interesting on the Mark Brody podcast. Uh, he's like, yeah, when I came out with Strokes Gain, you know, the drive for said drive for show, putt for dough is total trash. Everyone kind of fought me on it. And when I came out with my point, I'm like, yeah, OWGR is really biased. Everyone was like, yeah, we know that. Like, it's, that's very <laughs> obvious. Uh, so it sounds like it, everything's going to be changing. Uh, about a year from now, the uh, I won't bore everyone with the details, but minimum point levels, uh, which is the thing that <laughs> overinflates all the European and Asian tour events, uh, that's going away. Flagship tournaments, home ratings are no longer needed, uh, which removes a bias that can uh, that can result from their use. And there's going to be a strokes gain world rating element. I, I honestly haven't read enough into it to, to know how that's going to work out. I just read that on the surface and said, that's a good development. Well, the thing that sticks out the most is that there's 5,000 plus players. Yeah included in the system like yeah. right now that's a lot of golfers, a lot of golfers that are ranked in the world yeah. so my big beef with this has always been that you can get into a very high top world rank, uh, ranking without going head to head with any of the guys you're passing and that seems to be closing and that opportunity and, and so many people crying foul of oh now it's a closed system and all this stuff it was like it was skewed in your direction for a long long period of time this is evening the scales it's not even re-tipping it in the other way like pga tour players have been at a huge disadvantage on the world stage in terms of earning points because of how many points are being given away in other events so uh, i don't know if the strategic alliance between the pga tour and the european tour is kind of helped driving the change of any of this i i really don't know but uh, a year from now the world rankings are going to look a little different it's not going to greatly affect your viewing experience it's not going to affect a lot of things at the top but like the way they're deciding who who kind of the, the bottom guys are getting into a lot of these world ranking events uh is going to change so it's a good development god does anybody make how <laughs> am i going to say this like i'm talking about the strategic alliance does anybody like create more faux regality for their like league than the PGA tour like <laughs> everything they like talk about the, the 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 what's the headquarters called the global home the global home you know it's just like these, i know it's these. a different organization we're talking about the pga of america we're talking about the pga tour but this is why i think they're going to pick phil mickelson for the right <laughs> team literally the strategic just alliance watch the broadcast for fucking 15 minutes what, and tell me they're not going to what should phil. we call it let's call it a sh- the strategic alliance <laughs> the, the global home it's just this it's just, oh my god it just cracks me up man sorry that was a total digression but I don't have a lot to add with this one, but J.R. Smith, as we mentioned, uh, is enrolled in <laughs> North Carolina A&T uh, and intends to join the historically black university's men's golf team if he gets cleared by the NCAA. He, his clock to compete as a collegiate athlete has not started because he went to the NBA after high school. Athletes, in most cases, get five years to complete four years of eligibility. Fun little catnip. I hope the NCAA approves it. Yeah. You know, even though he went and made millions of dollars. Well, a lot of people go pro and sports something <laughs> well yeah in, in sports and in something other than this sport right uh now this that's great i think that would be must see jr yeah. smith I, I remember vividly being at a pj tour event one time where he was going remember he was going to like pj tour events all the time it yeah. was like very social media catnip but he was he was out there on the range and he was hitting dustin johnson's like gamer driver on the pj tour range and everybody's kind of standing around like oh do, like you're gonna let this happen well that but also like Dustin probably has like the XXXXX flex. Like he has a PJ Tour player's driver, not yep. just any PJ Tour player's driver. He has Dustin Johnson's driver. J.R. Smith was fucking nuking the ball. Really? Yes. <laughs> it, like, dude, he moves it. 
the picture of him at Pine Valley when he cleaned out the oh, pro shop there so good. is awesome. So I can't Hopefully wait. Hopefully somebody, yeah. I, I mean, obviously I think he's probably only doing this from like a content yeah. perspective. And I hope somebody's there to, to capture every step would watch the shit out of, yeah. out of this experiment. I can't wait to see what's down the pipe on that one. Um, <laughs> 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 Hitting bombs. <laughs> Maybe one of the most underrated moments in sports history. Do you want to relay that in case people don't know? <laughs> I kind of don't. No, no. It's, people just search J.R. Smith and, and just the search J.R. Smith the pipe. The pipe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Next topic. Uh, Corn Ferry uh, regular season finale. We just finished watching the end of that. Austin Smotherman sneaks in, shoots four over in the final round, but sneaks in and gets good the enough. beer shower. It was good, good enough. enough. David Skins wins to get in on the number, or he needed a win to, to get on the PGA Tour. And how did and he, he did do it. it? He banked one off the grandstands <laughs> on the final hole. He's going to fit in really well. well we're, man, I was He's I training was, for the PGA Tour. I was kind of disappointed. I was trying to get Toronto riled up about this. Uh, I know this is one of his favorite tournaments of the year. Trying to get him, trying to really stoke the flames on backboarding and all kinds of stuff, and he just wasn't taking the base. Like, listen, man, at this point, you know, you can't, you, you can't blame the player. No, he said there, he was, it's, he all, was it's cleaning, all in the game. He was planting flowers in the yard today. He was cleaning out his office. What's who's the lady? Uh, Marie Kondo. He was getting his Maria Kondo <laughs> on, trying to trying to get some spark some joy, throw yeah. some stuff out. So no, you weren't going to interrupt his, no, his feng good, shui. Good for him, but he was he was saying he's like, listen, man, there's. That's the game. That's the game these days. That's the the arena he's entering into, so to speak, on the PGA Tour. It's all in the game, yo. Uh, but no, on a serious note, very cool for someone like that. We were all talking about how, you know, I mean, I think internally we're all kind of having a debate, like, should we watch the end of this? Should we fire up the pod and just kind of keep an eye on who wins? We all got sucked in to watching. It's very it's cool. It's very it's cool good to see someone like uh, David Skins, who, you know, someone who whose name you've kind of arbitrarily seen on leaderboards for a long time if you've followed the corn Ferry tour closely and 39 year old guy from england never had pj tour status like oh, i was saying to Solly earlier it's like imagine standing on that 18th tee or really like 15th tee 16th tee where he was kind of like starting to starting to wobble basically making it as hard on himself as he possibly could and just having that in the back of your mind of just like hey man you know that that thing that you've been trying to like the number one thing you've been trying to do for your whole entire life like you might let that slip away right now. Like we're really wobbling, and uh, he didn't. He held on, made the par on eighteen when he had to make par. It's a bit of a weird way he made par by, you know, I think that ball would have been what fifty yards over the green, like chipping back to a downhill lie, but bangs it off the grandstand, gets it up and down for par, and and had you know always fun when uh, you come into an event like that. And someone knows, like, you have to win to get your PJ Tour card. And then he won. One, went out you know, it. it's always fun to see somebody do that. So it's wild. Good for him. We had a little incident at the Jack's Beach Thursday game this week, Neil. <laughs> we did. Or we, we didn't. No, we that did not. Well, Solly had nine birdies, so I want to shout that out. Oh, uh, that, that's not what I wanted to talk but about. But I only lost, like, five bucks, so that's that's good. I th we still battled. You know, we had a little two-man match going, and to not lose my shirt when you made nine birdies was was strong. I had but to make an eight footer the, to break. After the round, we walk up to uh to scoring uh to the clubhouse and uh so I'll let you tell the story because well, I didn't stick around. Our the head pro there, one of our one of our friends there, pretty casually just mentions that uh Yeah, he was in a great mood. Yeah, great <laughs> mood that there was an incident that happened right before we got in and some uh some players at the local university nearby uh, sometimes play in the Thursday game and it turns out they played the one up tees that we all us normies played uh, and one of their teammates made it to the semifinal at the USAM. Is that true? Correct. Yes. Yeah. And 
a uh, someone in the Thursday game took exception to college players playing the blue tees, which is 6,400 yards or something like that, 6,350, whatever it is. Which that. I can't agree with his methods and how he went about the problem, but, you know, something we've all talked about. And goes in the pro shop, asks them behind the desk, like, hey, what, what, what tees those guys play? Like, I don't know. I think like the blue. And proceeds to utter some slurs and then goes out and uh, harasses the guy in the bar. And then when they step outside the bar, outdoors, tells he tells him to cash him outside, I believe. <laughs> puts two hands on his neck and has a rage in his eyes. And was, I didn't, again, I didn't see any the of this. All this part is of alleged. This, though, was that uh, when we were told it was kind of like, yeah, I just had to. Uh, Pull some guy who put, had put the, one of those guys in the chokehold. And he said it very matter-of-factly. Yeah. He was like, oh, really? He's like, yeah, I just had to call the cops. So No, the, no, they hadn't called the cops yet. They hadn't called them? You left. And then I was just kind of like, I didn't really understand. No, Sally was sticking around to see if he won or not. <laughs> well, I did. <laughs> of course. Um, I had to collect some money. So that guy's the cash guy, apparently. Yeah. And I didn't get my money. So now somebody else is going to be in a chokehold. No, just to be clear, legally, that was, uh, that was, that was <laughs> for comedic purposes only. Uh, the, one, <laughs> one thing I've just put together, though, is that one of the assistant pros or one of the guys in the golf shop when we were on the uh seven, 16th or 17th hole it would have been se- we were on seven fairway we were played the back first so we're on 16 you could say uh he came out in a cart and was like what tees do you guys play today you guys play the blues <laughs> and we're like yeah and it was just like really random for him to do that and now it's starting to add up that i think mm-hmm. he was you know checking sure. on uh you know listen they need to run a, they gotta run a tight ship in a thursday game you know there's skins on the line well, I'm just glad that the guy had he had skedaddled by the time I got in. If he found out I made nine birdies and I was playing the blue tees, I don't know what he would have done to me. Sure. But anyways, they come in and they're like, "Yeah, well, I don't file a police report." And the head pro there very casually just, "All right, yep, all right, we'll call him right up." Calls the guy, "Hey, do you mind swinging by the club here? We're gonna deal with the chokehold incident." <laughs> yeah, I'll be right over. And I just kind of looked around like, "Yo, how often does this happen here?" He's like, "Ah, three years ago, this is a first. So, anyways, a lot of people that Tron posted about it on Twitter, I post about it on Instagram. A lot of people are asking for a recap of it. It's not that great of a story, I think, but uh, always some drama in the Thursday game. It was it was a fun one. Thursday game remains good, good, good. What well, used to That's be good, a clean, good, yeah. clean fun. Now it's just good fun. <laughs> That is a first. Last thing, last note I had, Mark Russell retiring. This is his uh, his last week as a rules official on the PGA Tour. He's now going to uh, be focusing on his cameo career. Um, he truly dropped the mic with his cameo on, on Tron Carter, detonates Tron Carter, and just, just exits stage left. Come on, man. He gave a great interview with Golf Week and kind of, uh, you know, just gave, gave some takes. Gave some takes on the, on the, on the, uh, the size of the tour, if you will. Basically and, makes no sense to have 156-man fields with so many tours for people to play, which hard to disagree. Well, it's weird, weird timing with this week where guys are fighting for the last spots and we're kind of celebrating them in a lot of ways to be like, yep, trim the fat off the bottom. It's but I think like, it's yeah, all arbitrary, right? It where is. It's like we'd be celebrating number 120 if it sure. wasn't. If it wasn't. It was interesting. That, that was a Q&A that. with Adam Shupak, I believe. So yeah, seek, seek that out. There was some very interesting stuff in there. Yeah. Anything else before we wrap? Playoff time. The wedge, the wedge story. Oh, that's right. That's right. It's, yeah, I mean, again, it's not it's, very good. It's, yeah, we're, we're overhyping this one a little bit, but go ahead. But, and I, but it, yeah, we might as well yeah. tell it. Uh, so we got the uh, Callaway Jaws full-toed wedges uh, early, and I guess there's a bunch of gearheads out there that if they, they see this stuff early, they'll put pictures up on, you know, Golf WRX or whatever, and uh, that's, that's bad for club companies. So... You know, it was very clear, like, guys, we're going to send you these wedges. Just do not, like, don't leave your bags around. Don't let – just 
try not to let this happen because that would be not good. Don't post any pictures of you guys using yeah. them. Don't, you know. And I was like, yeah, of course. Like, That's I, easy. I would never do that, right? And so sure enough, about halfway through the tourist sauce trip, we're playing. And on the 16th hole, I left my wedge on the side of the green and – I actually went back and got it and was like, ah, you know, oh my God, like, uh, what if I, what if I had left it? You know, like almost like <laughs> kind of like mocking like myself a little bit, like, you know, like somebody would take a picture of it. Next hole, I uh, he made a long putt for par. And not, to, not to brag. Not to brag, but I got jacked up because we were in a match. I left the wedge uh, in a bad spot. Shout out to Cortez. Uh, and I left it. Next hole, I leave Burning it. Burning the boats, baby. We're out of the next sure hole. Sure enough, there's a group behind us. And I don't realize it until we get to the next hole. It's a drivable par four, the 17th hole. And uh, we get up to the green. I go to my bag because I had driven it in the back rough, and I needed that 60 degree. Sure enough, it's not there. Ah, crap, I left that wedge on the last hole. Those guys are already on the tee back there. I'm like, oh, okay, well, they probably have it. So I drive back there, and these guys are like, you know, one guy's like waving it in the air. And he's like, yo, you forgot something. And I was like, hey, thanks, guys. And then they kind of gave kind of gave me shit about like, you guys laid up on a par four. We just tweeted about it. You leaving your wedge and, not, and laying up on a par four. And I was like, well, first off, I drove it over the green. Randy, Randy <laughs> laid up because he couldn't get there. So that's, you know, that's stupid, but whatever. And then I was like. Oh, so you tweeted, you tweet. I was like, kind of in my head, like, <laughs> oh my God, you know, <laughs> really? What would you tweet? Can I, can yeah, I, I was, it? No, I kind of was like, oh, cool. Like, did you know, I'd love to retweet that. Did What's you, your username? Yeah, did you, you tweet a picture? They're like, no, no. I was like, okay. And God, so I get you back. You had some house of cards. I mean, shit tr- going truly, on. Truly, I'd like, truly was <laughs> you like, I had to snuff those oh, guys. Oh my out. God, this thing that I had just said on the previous holes, like, I had just been like mocking, like, oh, someone might take a picture. <laughs> I was literally like, Oh, fuck, man. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, it couldn't have flipped on me any quicker. And I get back to the next tee box, and so I was like, without him hearing any of that conversation, was like, yeah, those guys already tweeted. Like, I was like, is there, and I was like, dude, is there a picture? <laughs> he's like, no. I was like, fuck, thank God. Like, <laughs> it was just one of those moments where you're like, God, I, I can't believe that that would, you know, that, that could possibly have happened after I had written it off. So anyway, that was the story. That's it. Anything else? That's all I got. Neil, I'm so freaking excited for the finale of the White Lotus tonight. I kind of <laughs> wanted you to give your analogy today for IBF. Oh, God. If anybody's <laughs> watching the White Lotus on HBO, uh, Ar- Armand. You the, uh, fucking wrecked me with that. Armand, the uh, the hotel manager, is, is Ian Baker Finch. So, I just ho- I hope Ian Baker Finch doesn't have the same kind of demons lingering uh, lingering under- underneath, but it's it's in- the inseparable. Vo- the voice is inseparable is, in my mind. It's right spot now. on. I also want to... I'll get you that number. I'll get you that number right away. Quick White Lotus uh, digression. We need to start every interview with guests on the pod with, what do you stand for? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know why we're not doing that. There's some good takeaways. I mean, yeah, like everyone can agree Imperials is bad. (laughs) All right, let's cut it off. Otherwise, it's going to be a long long digression. We got a uh, Harris English pod is coming out Tuesday. Um, What does he stand for? uh, Really good interview. If you're still, if you're sticking around or if you think Harris English is vanilla... Uh, I was really excited about this one. It's going to come out, come out Tuesday night. And he night, confirmed so. is flushing it? You'll have to tune in to see. <laughs> You'll have to tune in to see. Uh, what else is going on this week? I am deep in the edit, uh, working on Strapped. Very excited about that. Got about one episode done. Really pumped for that. Heading up to Pinehurst for just a quick overnight trip this weekend, uh, which would be very fun. And then we'll be back in the edit bay after that. For, on my, God, on my, the pro shop's absolutely bucking. 
a lot of hard work the last three months. Store.nolangup.com. Some stuff's about to hit the shelves. Already has. Some already has. We've got some all-over print hoodies. We've got some sweepstakes polos. I want to congratulate polos, congratulate all kinds of stuff. you on, uh, on me seeing an elephant shirt guy out in the wild. That was awesome. At the USA. So, someone decided to wear the elephant shirt. A, to, a true shirt that I think, was, I, I think we've joked about for years and yeah. years. And the fact that you made it happen... And somebody was wearing it Fly the at, banner. Our, at our national amateur championship at Oakmont. That was a true shout out treat to, to whoever see. that is. If, yeah. if they're listening, please, please send me a note. I'd like to uh, like to chat with you with some proof, proof yeah, of identity, yes, of course, <laughs> proof of life. Now, now we're in ambush marketing territory. <laughs> well, I didn't say I'd reward them. For okay, it. I just want proof of. I okay. just want to talk. Just Looks like talk an interesting individual. We would, would love nev- to connect. we would never, never reward an individual I for just, wearing our stuff. I just want to talk to him at the event. Just want to talk. That's to him. it. All right. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We'll see you at this time next week. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. Honey, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. <laughs>